Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I am your host. I am Shemaine Linney. I'm a fitness and nutrition expert, certified iridologist and biohacker. I'm very happy to have you back with me for another piece of your day. And I thank you so much for continuing to follow me and really investing in your health by committing to learning and hopefully I, the information I'm putting out is really helping you do that. So this week's episode is going to be an interesting one but before I go on I must remind you that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. Okay, so this week I got asked my recommendations for a parasite cleanse. And funnily enough, um, I've been looking a lot into toxic removal and bacteria cleanses and parasite cleanses. And I recently released my latest cleanse, which is the liver and gallbladder cleanse, which goes hand in hand really with the three day cleanse. But it's a perfect time to talk about another cleanse, which is a parasite cleanse, especially because of the season of the year we're going to have a lot more time outdoors and we really do get exposed to a lot more of these pathogens and parasites when we're outdoors. So hopefully you find this helpful, uh, somewhat insightful. And as always, if you have any questions, please reach out to me and let me know. Uh, Firstly, if you do suspect you may have a parasite infection, you really should go to your doctor and get that confirmed. So your doctor will be able to run um, a couple of tests to see or even refer you to a gastroenterologist to see and confirm that you have parasites or you don't or what may be happening in your GI tract. For example, they can look at obviously your stool or your poop and also markers of inflammation. And they can also do other tests like endoscopy or colonoscopy. They could do some blood tests to look at those inflammatory markers and lymphocytes, um, potentially an x-ray or an MRI. But um, you can do stool tests at home that may be able to detect parasites by looking for eggs in your stool or metabolites Um, and then you could bring those to your doctor if your doctor was open to something like that but you definitely should be getting this confirmed but should you want to treat yourself there are natural ways to do that and that is where um a parasite cleanse comes in and parasite cleanses now that everyone is back traveling and we're getting outdoors more they're becoming more common and we have a variety of parasites that can infect your gut which lead to IBS or digestive system issues like constipation, diarrhea, even vomiting and heartburn as well as fatigue, cognitive impairment, chills, sleep issues like 
there's a lot of um, symptoms that can coincide with having some sort of parasite and even pathogenic infection. I'm sure many of you know that. But when you look at treating yourself naturally, a parasite cleanse involves eating a diet that's free of the foods that can feed the parasites, uh, consuming more of the foods that are anti-parasitic, like our modbiotic foods, our polyphenol-rich foods, our bitter tart sour foods. Yes, that includes apple cider vinegar um, and also provides you with nutrients that can support your immune system, but also nutrients or supplements that will support your microbiome as well. So there are some supplements that can help your gastrointestinal tract and your immune system while you're on a parasite cleanse, but we will get to that. First, what are parasites? Parasite is an organism that lives on or in your body or a host, and it gets food from or at the expense of the host. So basically, the parasite uses the resources of the person it's living inside, much like a bacteria or a virus, such that the food that person eats um, keeps, well, the food that the person eats to keep them alive, it also keeps the parasites alive. So parasites can cause disease in humans, um, certain types of diseases caused by parasites are not so easily treated, just so you know. Some are, but there are some more serious ones when we start to look at um, malaria and stuff like that. So the three main classes of parasites that cause diseases in humans are our protozoa, we've got the helminths, and we've got ectoparasites. And I may do another podcast in the future that goes into each parasite individually, Um, but for today, we're just going to look at the cleanse. So how would you get infected with a parasite? Well, like I mentioned, being outdoors a lot, you can pick up parasites, Um, travel for sure. Most people nowadays in, in our population, in the general population, have some sort of parasite. It, it's rare for someone to not have some sort of parasite. It's just the way we live nowadays. It's just our exposure. So parasites are acquired from contaminated food or water, but people as well seem to have a lot more gut issues nowadays and imbalanced gut flora and leaky gut and a weakened immune system. These all make people more susceptible to having parasite issues. Uh, We also have, in my opinion, an outbreak of mosquitoes. Every year it seems to get worse. Well, mosquitoes can transmit um, parasites as well. Uh, Also can some animals that are infected with parasites like cryptosporidium and trichinella, if we're eating these animals and they have parasites, they can be passed to us potentially, especially if that food is undercooked or raw. So we want to be careful with the food that we're eating Um, if possible, sourcing our food from reputable farmers and providers, um, but also um, stacking conditions in your body, like I always talk about, so that if there is a parasite and it comes in, your body knows how to kill it off and get rid of it. Your body should always be in 
tip-top shape. Well, most of the time in tip-top shape to protect you from exposure to any sort of pathogen. So um, other types of undercooked foods, including seafood, um, uh, like shellfish and crab, they can also transfer parasites as well. So although I know people like to eat some raw seafood, especially in the form of sushi, I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm just saying be aware. One thing I do while I'm thinking of it, I do generally recommend to my clients, if they're fans of sushi, that they take two capsules of activated charcoal before the sushi. So should there be pathogens or heavy metals or some sort of toxin in the fish, the charcoal is going to help bind to that immediately and help with its elimination from your body. Um, so travel, of course, back on track with travel now, which is awesome, but that also can leave you um, exposed to potentially picking up some sort of parasite. So um, especially if you've been to Mexico or Africa or India, there's a chance that the drinking water there, as many of you know, you're, not, you're told not to drink the water in Mexico because there's a chance that you could pick up some sort of parasite from the water and even in the food there. So according to the Center of Disease Control and Prevention, Globally, contaminated water is a serious problem that can ca cause severe pain, disability, and even death. And many people know, you know, if you've been following me for a while, I talk about water a lot and the cleanliness of water, not just for the parasitic aspect, but also when we're looking at deuterium and minerals and all these other um, chemicals and heavy metals that might be present in our water. Clean water, water is the basis of life, like 99% of your cell is made up of water. So um, whether or not you're concerned about parasites, there's a whole list of reasons that you should be drinking clean water. Um, and that includes water from swimming pools, especially these outdoor community pools. Uh, hot tubs can have parasites, lakes of course, rivers, the ocean, the chances of you getting, in my opinion, the chances of rivers or the ocean of influencing parasites, depending on where they are in the world, I think they're slimmer than your stagnant water, of course, like lakes. When you look at the ocean, you also then have the aspect of the salt water, and you also have the aspect of filtration microbes like algae and seaweed and stuff. But anyway, if you've ever returned from an internal trip and you've noticed that you've got a lot of diarrhea or you've got gastrointestinal issues, which actually I was speaking to a lady, not the same lady who asked me about the cleanse this week, but a different lady lady who's just back from Mexico a few weeks and she um, picked up some sort of parasite. She's having chronic severe diarrhea every single day and that was in Mexico. So Mexico is quite popular with Canadians. So I do think this is something most of us should be aware of. Not that it's guaranteed you're going to pick up a parasite but you at least want to be aware there is a risk there. Um, and usually when we think of you picked up a parasite, 
traveling, it really refers to you're having these gastrointestinal symptoms for more than 14 days and it's just not improving. That could indicate there's a parasite there. According to the CDC, the pathogenesis of persistent diarrhea in return travelers is sometimes caused by an infection as a result of a parasitic organism. So not only are you trying to be careful with your food and your water, you're also got to be careful with sanitation and hygiene as well and keeping yourself in tip-top shape while you're traveling. And if you can, bring your apple cider vinegar, maybe some activated charcoal, just so that your body is kept supported while you're away. So what are some symptoms that you may have got a parasitic infection? Um, so digestive issues, gut issues, like I mentioned, severe chronic diarrhea for 14 days or more, uh, vomiting, gas, heartburn could be an indication, especially if you potentially picked up a H. pylori bacteria. Constipation can happen in some people with parasitic infections. Then you've got the stomach pains, the tenderness, that kind of IBS reaction, the intestine spasms and cramps. You may lose your appetite. If you're experiencing all these GI issues and you're not eating, of course, you're going to have fatigue. You may have the chills as your body's immune system is trying to fight off whatever the issue is. Aches and pains from that cytokine storm, like the inflammatory response. And then, of course, dehydration is a big consideration, especially if you're having a lot of this diarrhea. So you want to remember... Not only are you rehydrating, but you also are remineralizing as well. And even adding back in some electrolytes, even in the form of lemon juice. And of course, lemon and lime juice have their own antibacterial and antiparasitic benefits. Um, but a lot of the time I've noticed, and I've spoken about this a lot before, that when people have... Um, diarrhea they'll rehydrate but they'll just use regular water so it's not really benefiting them they're not rehydrating properly you need to have the minerals you need to have some electrolytes in there um anyway so you know what parasites are you know the symptoms you know how you might pick it up now you want to treat yourself at home if you're not being treated by your doctor so you've established that you have a parasite and then you want to do some sort of cleanse. So we'll do this with food and herbs and herbs can come in the form of supplements as well. So um, we'll start with the food. An anti-parasitic cleanse or a parasitic cleanse helps kill these harmful organisms living in your gut by fighting the bad bacteria, the fungus that these parasites live off. And this type of cleanse starves out the parasite and then you want to make sure you're eliminating the parasite. Um, I recommend that you limit your fruit intake, especially overly ripe fruit. But I'm going to give the exception of your bitter, tart, sour berries. Um, so your raspberries, your gooseberries, your blueberries, 
and also apple skins, especially organic Granny Smith apple skins, and then your lemon and lime juice. So rather than you make a big fruit smoothie with lots of sugar in it, I would rather that you eat your fruit so that you're getting those polyphenols off the skins of the fruit and you're getting them right down into the intestines where they can feed the good bacteria and kill the bad bacteria. Um, you also want to add in some foods like coconut. If you like coconut, coconut can be amazing because of its antimicrobial benefits. So that can be coconut milk, coconut oil, you can cook with that. If you like to eat coconut, that's a great option because you actually get the fibers there as well. Chia seeds can be great here for the fiber and the binding aspect of the mucus with the fiber um, can really help bind to these pathogens and help remove them from your body. Protein is very important. So if you're concerned about eating too much animal proteins, you can go more hypoallergenic with collagen or a good whey protein isolate, or you can get a good pumpkin seed one. Those would be my preferred one. If you could find potato protein powder, that would be an option as well, but it's a bit hard to find. Protein is essential. The amino acids are essential for your immune system, essential for fighting inflammation, and essential for supporting the gut. Um, and I mentioned pumpkin seed protein there. Pumpkin seeds in themselves have been shown to help with worms and deworming, and they can also support the gastrointestinal tract. They contain zinc, which also helps the immune system. Zinc is very important for your gut and your stomach acid as well, and your stomach acid really is your first line of defense when it comes to stuff like this. So you want a lot of stomach acid. Um, pumpkin seeds also contain other protective compounds like tetracyclic triterpenes and curcubitins that can paralyze the worms, like I mentioned. They can be used for deworming. Some people will feed their animals um, raw, organic, of course, pumpkin seeds to help um, displace the worms from the gut walls or the intestinal walls so adding pumpkin seeds into your day is really really smart combine that with your polyphenol rich foods but you want bitter tart sour foods to really kill these parasites including the bacteria and the yeast uh, there is um there is a it's not so much a theory, it's also supported by science that the healthiest people in the world and even the slimmest, leanest people in the world, they very much eat a lot of bitter tart and sour foods, lots of vinegars, lots of bitter berries, lots of sour lemon, lime, um, and this really supports their health and specifically their microbiome. There is a lot of research out there showing that our good bacteria thrive off these types of foods, but our bad bacteria hate them and they can help kill off and modulate the bad bacteria. It's well known as well by most people. I think at this stage, most people know that bad bacteria thrive on sugar and alcohol and junk foods. Like they really, they soak it up, they get fat, they multiply, they make you sicker and sicker and sicker. Now, um, 
if you want to obviously manage parasites and your microbiome, then you want to be doing the alternative, the bitter tart, sour food, and limiting the sugars and the alcohols and the other stuff that could be contributing to the problem, especially when it comes to impairing liver function and gallbladder function and um, bowel movements and immunity. So there's other foods that you want to really add in. Garlic and onions, amazing. These are sulfur-containing foods, very helpful with um, the immune system and detoxification, but they also have other antioxidants that can destroy pathogenic organisms, like garlic contains allicin, one of my favorite supplements or products to use with people that have candida or fungal issues um, is caprylic acid plus. And one of the key ingredients in that is allicin. So even if you didn't get that, you could just be consuming a lot of garlic or get an extra strength garlic supplement as well. Pineapple and papaya, they can help decrease your inflammatory cytokines, but I think there are better options. I think your Granny Smith apple skins are going to be a better option, your organic berries, um, and then getting enzymes from supplement form rather than bringing in these higher sugar fruits. Um, I mentioned your polyphenol, modbiotic-rich foods. Well, you also want your prebiotic foods as well, which are the foods that feed your good bacteria and give them fiber to help them grow and fight off the issue as well. So lots of your green vegetables, um, apple cider vinegar is great here. Of course, your berries would be considered prebiotic too. Pumpkin seeds, you could do some other nuts and seeds as well that have um, antimicrobial benefits. Dark chocolate is amazing. Like the simple stuff, dark chocolate, green tea, peppermint tea, a good organic, clean black coffee. These are stuff you're having in your day to day, but you don't realize they also have all these other benefits as well. Um, then if you can get in, I've mentioned modbiotic foods a bit. So modbiotic foods basically help to modulate your gut bacteria. And I had planned on doing a more in-depth episode on this soon. But if you're in my Facebook biohacking group, and even my master's group, you have access to a modbiotic food list in the file section. It's a PDF that you can print off. You really want to focus on a lot of those foods there. Those foods are going to help modulate your gut. So they encourage the die-off of the bad bacteria and encourage the proliferation of the good, helping to modulate and balance everything out again. Um, and foods in there are going to be like fermented foods as well, not just fermented foods, but fermented foods as well, because I'm sure someone was going to say, when is she going to mention fermented foods? So you have, of course, your sauerkraut and your kimchi, pickles are great, any pickled veg, lots and lots of vinegar, but also um, fermented foods can include yogurts and cheeses if you can tolerate them, kefir, dare I say even your red wine, your good organic red wine is also fermented. 
Um, again, lots and lots of vinegars. Even extra virgin olive oil has uh, antimicrobial benefits and very rich in antioxidants. So these are a lot of the foods that you're having on a day-to-day -day basis. Protein fibers from... Um, Potatoes can be great as well. Lots of herbs and spices. We've got our antimicrobial and antipathogenic herbs and spices. We've got mint, basil, rosemary is awesome. Uh, thyme can be great. Cilantro, as many of us know, is a chelator, so it can bind. So if you are killing off these pathogens, that's one thing. Then you have to eliminate them. You have to get them out of the body. So it's important that you're preventing constipation doing something like this. Um, you want to encourage regular bowel movements. So like with uh, both of my other cleanses, so my three-day cleanse and my liver and gallbladder cleanse, I emphasize you may need to use some sort of laxative, whether or not that's a high-dose magnesium or some senna leaf or a smooth-move tea or something if you're killing off, if you're cleansing, and cleansing basically means cleaning the body, if you're cleaning any part of the body, you have to also get it out of you as well. So there's one thing to cleanse, but you have to then get it out. So one bowel movement a day doing a cleanse is not going to be good enough for most people. You're going to need to look at really aiming for at least three bowel movements a day. And some experts will recommend doing a few um, colon cleanses, so like coffee enemas or something, once a week for a couple of weeks. Uh, you can do this at home in a, my um, biohacking Facebook group. It's a library. It's called a biohacking library group. I posted the other day the instructions on how to do a coffee enema. So it's pretty gross. But some people do do it to themselves at home. Again, it's pretty gross in my opinion. But the instructions are there if that's something you want to consider. You have to have an effective strategy to get these um, byproducts, these not byproducts, pathogens or parasites out of your body once you've killed them because they do spit out metabolites and byproducts that can leave you with a whole host of... Um, shall we say, reactive symptoms. So before I kind of look a bit more at that, I want to go back to the foods. What should you avoid? Well, sugar, added sugar, especially excess sugar, processed foods. These are really going to increase these harmful organisms um, and drive up inflammation. And we've seen research that shows sugar can suppress your immune system by up to 50%. The same with processed foods. Processed foods just destroy your immune system on many levels, not from the, not just like the sugar aspect. You've got the additives and the preservatives. You've got the trans fats. All of these pretty much destroy the body. Now, you're, I know for most people, it's not realistic to 100% eliminate foods. For some people, it will. It's going to be easy enough because you can still get exposure to your natural sugars from your berries and sweet potato and whatnot. Um, and you may only need to do something like this for three weeks or so. You, If you are doing a cleanse, a parasite cleanse, you do want to eliminate alcohol completely until you confirm that the parasites are gone. Um, 
gluten, you need to really eliminate gluten. So although you may be getting carbs from other natural sources, we want to eliminate gluten while we're doing this sort of parasite cleanse. And then maybe avoid pork for a while, especially raw pork, which can potentially contain contaminated or be contaminated with parasites. Um, so next up, what's the supplements? I will come back to any risks or side effects associated. Like I mentioned, when you kill off these parasites and pathogens, they can spit out um, byproducts and metabolites, which can cause issues in your body during a cleanse. So I want you to be aware of them. But I know everyone's worry, wondering about supplements. So there are supplements, which I mentioned, most of them, if you're doing a natural cleanse, these are going to be more herb-based supplements. You want to get them from a company that has a good reputation and that is known to have good processing methods. Um, there is a natural antiparasitic compound called Paracomplete. You may find it on Amazon, which is a parasite cleanse supplement. It contains thyme, it contains berberine, oregano, grapefruit, seed, and uva ursi, which is great. Uva ursi can be great for supporting the kidney and the liver's detoxification. You may find that on Amazon or in like community foods or something. It's called Paracomplete. Uh, you can also create your own parasite cleanse, which most people prefer to do. My top one, and I would use this as a prophylactic as well, is going to be berberine. I love berberine. I have a whole podcast episode on berberine. Go check it out. Berberine has so many benefits, and you're looking at berberine as that very red, orange, uh, root of a herb like turmeric and ginger and cinnamon that has all these um, medicinal properties. The only thing is you don't want to take berberine if it's not in a capsule. Don't let it touch your tongue. It tastes terrible and it will totally ruin your meal. Um, then another common one for parasite cleanses is going to be wormwood. Um, which is also known as Artemisia annua. Uh, you, it's well known for its antiparasitic properties, including with malaria. And if it was me, I would probably be doing 200 milligrams three times a day. The same with black walnut, which has been used historically for the treatment of parasite infections, which is actually what that lady started the other day that I spoke to, black walnut. And if it was me, I would do 250 milligrams three times a day. And then you could do oregano oil. You're better off getting oregano oil in some sort of soft capsule if you can. It's going to be hard to get into you in tincture form because of its very strong taste. Some people will do it. Some people will just drop a few drops of oregano oil, essential oregano oil, organic, of course, into their tea or water. 
but uh, the taste is quite potent. But with wormwood and oregano, you can also get teas, which are going to be very effective as well. Even a hibiscus tea is great here because if you've had hibiscus tea, you've got the really strong purple and pink polyphenols there, but it's very bitter and tart and sour. It's lovely. I love it. But again, you're always thinking bitter, tart, sour foods, not just during a cleanse. Um, and I say this a lot, these should be your basis for your diet. I did a, po a post in the biohacking group again the other day, basically saying like, if you have a lot of anxiety issues, you really want to have these polyphenol rich foods as the basis of your diet. Uh, grapefruit seed extract is another one. Um, has antimicrobial properties, clove oil and cloves. I remember... Um, we, when we were little kids back in Ireland, whenever we'd have like a toothache or something, my granny would give us a clove and she would just put it between our cheek and our gum and you just leave the clove sitting there to help with the pain and reduce inflammation because it is high in antioxidants, but also it's got um, a molecule called eugenol, which has been shown to be very helpful to kill bacteria and harmful organisms so while we'd sit with this clove in our gums it was doing lots of stuff it wasn't just doing one thing if you are fighting off here's where there's a bit of conflicting evidence so I'm just going to tell you what I would do in regards to taking a probiotic doing something like that I wouldn't do that that's not what I would do I would take a more powerful yeast. I would take Saccharomyces boulardii. So I'm while I'm killing off all of these bad pathogens and parasites, you think of Saccharomyces boulardii as more like um, your bouncers or your bodyguards in your gut. So they help to kick out and fight off the bad pathogens and kind of hold up space that gives room for these good bacteria and yeasts in your body to grow and proliferate and they take over and you're helping them grow and proliferate proliferate and feed from all of your good foods and these good herbs and maybe you're doing some cardio to help boost your agromancia or something like that so I would do um, Saccharomyces boulardii but there is a good probiotic that I really like by New Roots and um, there's a free shout out for New Roots. It's a traveler's probiotic and it contains a few strong strains. It's got bifidobacteria and rhamnosis and a few great strong strains of bacteria, but it also contains Saccharomyces. I really like that one. Whenever I recommend a probiotic to anyone, I'm trying to get my hands on that one first because I feel it's quite beneficial and it can be got in community foods if you're in Alberta or in Canada. Um, but definitely, at the very least, a Saccharomyces boulardii, and then you're helping your other gut bacteria grow through your food and the supplements and the herbs and the practices and the apple cider vinegar and the good sleep and all that sort of stuff. It's important people think of it that way, because I'm not a huge fan of probiotics, really, because there's no guarantee that which team they're going to bat for when you take them in, but also there's no guarantee they're going to pass the stomach acid and the duodenum and get into the intestines. I know some of them say um, they can guarantee, especially if they're 
um, double encapsulated. But then once they do get into the intestines, if you have a very crappy diet and lifestyle, there's a higher chance that those bacteria in that probiotic are going to go over to the bad team and bat for the bad team because they're going to have that influence there. So probiotics, some people love them. They get great results. Obviously, everyone's individual, but um, I just have my concerns and I always prefer to go the route with the Saccharomyces instead. Um, so if you're looking at teas, just to throw this in, uh, green tea, great, mint, peppermint tea, great, hibiscus tea, pure cranberry tea, burdock can be great, turmeric, ginger, cinnamon tea can be great, there's so many, like all teas are amazing, yerba mate can be great, pretty much all teas are amazing, some more potent than others, star anise tea you can get, so not just anise, you want star anise, and you can make your own out of the herbs if you want, um, dandelion tea is great, there's so many great teas, um, so, most experts recommend you do two to three weeks of a parasite cleanse with the supplements and the food. And then you take a week break, kind of slow things down before you fully jump back into your normal protocol or your normal diet. During that week, you want to reassess your symptoms, maybe get retested again if you can. And then you can decide, do I need to jump back on the plan for another couple of weeks? Or am I okay now to slowly transition back into my normal diet? One last thing I wanted to go through, because I don't like to keep these podcasts too long, is when doing the cleanse, you can experience some side effects. Um, and these... Part of these are going to be part of what's called the Herxheimer reaction. When you start to clean up your body, you can have this reaction where you get these symptoms. Some people might get a histamine reaction. They might feel nauseous. They might get more diarrhea. They might get a rash or something. They might get um, hives. Depending on the type of organism and depending on the individual, these um, symptoms can vary really from mild to very serious. Some people might just get a headache and some people with compromised immune systems or other gut issues, they might develop more serious symptoms. Um, so it is wise to speak to some sort of professional obviously health professional before you start doing something like this remember if your diary gets worse or your appetite gets worse then you want to make sure you're at the very least rehydrating and remineralizing um, at that stage if you feel like you can't eat, my advice would be lots of teas with lots of collagen added into it. So you're at least getting those essential amino acids to help with good fight. And you're still getting the um, medicinal benefits of the tea. And then maybe we could start bringing in some liquid calories, maybe some bone broths, maybe some smoothies or soups that are made in a specific way where they're going to be more anti-inflammatory and antimicrobial, using your coconut milk in smoothies and soups, uh, spices in your soups, turmeric can be great, herbs. Um, 
So, and, and also watch how your body responds to different supplements. Most people are fine, but some people um, might react to a supplement. I have two clients that don't do well on berberine. It gives them awful nausea. Um, and that's okay. We can use something else with them. But also, if you're taking prescription medicines, you want to make sure there's no contraindications there as well. Um, also reach out to some sort of health practitioner if you're considering giving these supplements to a teenager or a child as well, just to get the best advice, especially around dosing. So I hope you found this really helpful. Uh, if you have any questions, because I'm not sure if I rushed through this or not. We're at 40 minutes now, and normally I try to keep the episodes shorter when I'm doing solo episodes like this. But I'm always happy to answer questions. You can find me at shemainsmodelhealth.com or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram, Shemaine's Model Health. Um, as always, please like, share and subscribe if you haven't already. If there's someone out there that you think would benefit from this information, please share with them. Uh, subscribing and liking really helps me a lot. And if you feel I deserve it, if you feel I'm helping or putting out content that um, is relative, please feel free to leave me a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this. Reviews really help small businesses and podcasts like my own. It helps get our reach out to a lot more people and it makes our day and we really appreciate it. So thank you for listening. I'll chat to you guys again soon. I hope you have a great weekend. 